You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. With more than 30 weekly podcasts, HRN has something for every food lover. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. Hello, hello, Heritage Radio Network listeners tuning in from 165 countries around the world, about a million listens a month. And today we have the perfect show, the perfect intersection of food and technology. We are talking about virtual reality, integrated, multi-sensory art experience. Sounds so exciting. If you are a faithful listener of Tech Bytes, you will have already heard a little something about this back in December of 2019 when we first met the cohort that is putting together a experience called Aero Banquets. And it's I call it an experience because it's hard to describe it as something else. So here we have today joining us Mattia Casaleonia and Kathleen Ford. Mattia is the artist who conceived and created the project. Kathleen Ford is senior curator at Super Blue, the gallery in Miami. And if you're a fan of the art world, you know that the Miami Art Week is happening right now. And this experience is happening as we speak. So Let's kick it off, Mattia. Thank you for coming back all these years later. Thank you so much, Jennifer, for having us again. And, um, and to, yeah, I'm so excited to, to be on your show again. So back in 2019, uh, in December, you were um, performing or putting on or presenting this experience at the James Beard Foundation as a series of dinners. Uh, a multi-sensory journey, virtual reality, food, music, a seven-course tasting menu. It was about an hour long, and I had the opportunity to go and experience it, and it was really, it's truly, truly unique. There's nothing else really like it that I've ever experienced. So can you tell us what the initial idea was for you to put this project together and then how it happened and came together for 2019 and then we'll come up to the experience that you have today how it's evolved but what was the initial idea to do a vr food fantasy experience right so actually that idea actually was born i mean i've been always interested in um working new um, with new media so um, as an artist i experiment a lot with with new technologies and um, virtual reality uh, or you know all the different variations from 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 virtual reality including augmented reality or, or maybe mixed reality uh, the way that i see those uh, are like um, extensions of how our sensory experience so vr for the ones who, you know, if you ever tried it, it's mostly for games. But for me, it's a, it's a medium to uh, expand the, the possibilities of what we can sense uh, through, you know, in, in, in the world. So um, very much as, as VR might be an extension of our sight, our eyes and our, you know, ears and, um, with, you know, with sound. 
I thought that uh, taste, you know, the the sensory perception of, of food, it's you know, it's a language and it's a medium in itself that it hasn't been explored uh, in VR a lot. And so um, this is where it comes from, right? Just by this, uh, you know. Uh, wish and need to uh, to push the uh, boundaries of the medium of VR, but also you know to include uh, taste into the into an experience. Um, and so this is really where it came from, just from a pure experimentation on the on the medium. Well, and then virtual reality, it's easy to do sight and sound and movement. So like physical touch and movement because your body can kind of move around and you can have sort of some sensations because of what you see and what you're hearing. But taste is completely outside of a VR environment as we think about it. You're not ever smelling anything or, or tasting anything. So how did how are you able to, to add that element into the VR space, which is doesn't have it? Right. Uh... Uh, absolutely, and this is where you know our entire uh, journey really started. I um, I started to collaborate um, um, with an amazing chef actually, uh, who is based in New York. His name is Chintan uh, 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 Chintan Pandaria. Uh, he owns few few restaurants in New York, and um, with, with him we really started to uh, you know to think of ways to integrate uh, food in in the art and. Uh, the way that we are doing now is by is by basically creating the the entire menu as a bite sized um, basically um, dishes. They almost look like uh, uh, tapas, maybe. And the challenge here um, was how we can make sure that you know all the the textures and all you know all the way how we prepare usually a normal plate how that can be uh, condensed into a bite-sized uh, you know bites that you literally eat all in once and so the experimentation here really went you know uh, on figuring out you know how we can combine and how we can scale down all the flavors and all the you know all all the things that, that we want to give to people in a format that you know they can just be completely bite sized and we also worked a lot in the in the um, on the intersection between a sound uh, of course um, colors shapes and visuals and uh, tastes basically flavors so you integrate all of this together. You have your first experience. Um, you have the experience back in December of 2019, um, which was really, I think, the first collaboration that you did with uh, Chintin, Chef Chintin on the actual thing itself, right? That was the first time it was yeah. presented yeah. to people. Mm-hmm. So... How was the feeling after that? Almost as soon as you finished that performance or you know presentation, we had the pandemic, and then everybody went home and stayed at home for a while. Right. Did you think about the the presentation, the performance? Then did you have extra time to sort of download what it was and the results and what you wanted to do with it? Well, I mean, actually, it was really funny because, of course, you know, as everybody knows. In those years, you know, the last thing that people wanted to do was to put some headsets on their heads. Uh, and so, you know, we were kind of like, uh, we couldn't really uh, show the, the, the project for, for a little bit. But what was interesting to me also is that the relationship that people have 
with VR in general, I think in those years of, of COVID, uh, completely changed, right? And there is a lot of people that actually bought some some headsets. Uh, there, there was a lot of things that were actually shifting in the virtual worlds. You know, if we think about you know festivals going into VR mode, and you know experiences getting, uh, for example, theater. It's one of those things that really um, embraced uh, VR and this kind of new technologies during the pandemic. So while we were with urban cats, we were pretty, you know, pretty low and we are not really doing a lot. I think the, um, the, the audience and the way that the general uh, public actually, uh, you know, started to use these new, you know, these new tools and these new technologies, uh, it really completely changed the, um, the, the experience almost that we are doing here in Miami now. I really see that in general, people are way more uh, familiar with headsets, you know, they're more familiar with how VR might work. And, and that really changed, you know, a little bit how we are thinking and structuring the entire experience. So the, the experience down in Miami right now is at a gallery called Super Blue. And Kathleen Ford is the senior curator there and one of the founding members, curators of Super Blue. Kathleen, can you tell us, um, Tell us what Super Blue is about. Mm -hmm. uh, thank you for having us. We're really excited to be here. It's been such a joyful project that it's just so fun to talk to anybody about it. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> well, hopefully you're talking to lots and lots of people about lots it. Lots and right lots now. of people. There's been such a great, <laughs> lots of great feedback, and uh, so many people are interested in this. It's been uh, really wonderful to see that what we thought might be something that would be uh, really wonderful for this community here and for our audience is exactly that and, and then some. So Super Blue is uh, a company, an initiative uh, that has been around for about three years, although we've really only been doing things in the world for about a year and a half. And uh, we work with artists and partners to present large scale, experiential, often immersive, multi-sensory artwork. And uh, with that, we're really thinking about um, you know, in the experiential art world, and there's, you know, many projects in the landscape at the moment, uh, a real focus for us is how do you present and work with artists in such a way that the work is as spectacular as it is meaningful? So we're really kind of thinking about the thoughtfulness behind something that is equally as stunning. And they, we work in two ways. Uh, we have uh, our home, which is in Miami, our headquarters. So this is the one center that is really super blue, primarily driven. It's a 50,000 square foot space in Miami. And it's been open for a year and a half. And the other side of what we do is we partner on projects with festivals, with museums, uh, and other partners where we bring things uh, to life with some of the artists that we work with in their venues. But this is our, you know, our main venue um, in Miami. We call it an experiential art center. And as I said, it's a 50,000 square foot space. And for the last year and a half, we've had uh, a show with three large experiences in it, uh, more exhibition style uh, by Team Lab, by Ez Devlin and by James Terrell. But in all of these artworks, and this is kind of critical to what we do and why we're so enthusiastic to bring Mattia and team and Arrow Banquets underneath our roof, in all of what we do, we're really kind of working with artists in such a way where the artist creates the artwork, but at the end of the day, the viewers of the audience 
completed. It's un, it's unfinished without them, without their impact, uh, and that you know relates in different ways depending on the, the the installation or the performative activation that's happening underneath our roof. It's also really important to us that. Um, we're really thinking about shared experiences in both physical space and digital space. So for example, working with an artist like Mattia on a VR experience, you really wouldn't find us uh, having a solo experience where somebody walks into a white box of a room and just puts on a headset. There's certainly would be something more mixed reality to it that is with a group of people and in between the physical world and the virtual world. So the exhibition itself, as I said, has been up for 1.5 years, and we just added one new uh, art installation to that exhibition by Rafael Lozano Hemmer called Pulse Topology. But we've, what we've been talking about for some time now, moving into kind of thinking of this as our second season or second time at, um, at, at Art Basel uh, during this really kind of peak moment here, was how could we start to bring crowds back to Superblue through more event-driven experiences with artists, with things that kind of feel a little bit more like a performative installation? And what in that landscape also hits the mark of the artist creates the artwork, the audience completes it in some ways. It's sort of more, more about perception and experience than it is about object. And also, how can we do this in a way that you have a, uh, a shared experience? It's not just a one-to-one -one experience. And we have been thinking a lot about uh, trying to think about projects that kind of live in this mixed reality between the virtual world and the physical world. And as we're having all these conversations uh, and brainstorming, um, and we had a space that became open and super blue, I happened to go to uh, a uh, hyphen hub, uh, which is a, a gathering space in New York where a number of artists and curators come together in art and tech and have conversations and some artists give presentations. And so, you know, my ears were kind of perked for these kinds of projects. And uh, a friend, a colleague in common of Matia and I introduced us and he started to tell me about this project. And I was like, ah, this is Kismet. <laughs> we're totally talking exactly about all these things. The timeline's short, so we really wanted to work with a project that already had its legs in some way. And it really kind of hit all of those marks and that, you know, it's a shared experience. The audience completes the artwork. It's event-driven. In. It's, you know, people coming together in a space. It's something that's really also created for broad audiences in that, you know, there, there's something there that everybody is already comfortable with, which is eating <laughs> and eating really good food. And then when you have that filtered through an artist lens, you know, what does that mean? And the most important thing here is what I, what I started with, and I'll just close with this, is that, you know, how do you go beyond the spectacular to the meaningful? And in this, this work, you're just really drawn in by the seductive artwork and landscape and the room itself. But you realize that there's also threads that are being discussed or suggested in the piece, which is kind of like in our contemporary landscape, you know, how do we produce? How do we consume? What does it mean to have a meal that you can't take a picture of, <laughs> for example? Oh, my goodness. I never even <laughs> thought about that. How can you have a meal that you can't Instagram? Mm -hmm. There must be some Instagrammable piece of the experience. Otherwise, how do people know it happened? <laughs> I just had somebody this morning saying, are you sure I can't turn my phone on and put it on the table in front of me before I put my headset on <laughs> so I can have it all recorded oh my for goodness. Instagram? Oh, my goodness. So, Mattia, tell us, um, walk us through a little bit in as much as you can. And, and I, for people listening, again, this experience is happening right now. And the last time it was happening was in, you know, 
who, who knows when an experience like this can happen again. So if you happen to be in the Miami area and you are there for the art festival, uh, superblue.com. That's all one word, superblue.com slash arrow, A-E-R-O, is where you can go to take a look at the gallery, the event, and purchase tickets. Um, it's happening until December 4th, um, and they're really, it's, it's truly extraordinary and one of a kind. But Mattia, insofar as you can tell us what the experience is like without ruining it or, you know, being a spoiler for people... Um, how long is it? What do people expect? They come in, they sit down, are they standing? Are they walking? What What's the experience like? Mm -hmm. So, well, uh, the people, um, first they enter the museum space. <laughs> That's the first step, really. And then they, you know, they basically, uh, they're uh, greeted um, by our, you know, by... Um, by our staff, by our hosts, and um, and they're sort of brought into this this reality uh, first, just by you know uh, by texts, and then and then going to the space by the visuals, and then going to VR, you know, with with the full multisensory experience. So, so, so for me, uh, this entire experience is really based on theater almost, you know, it's uh, in how we can convey, you know, um, an, an experience that, that has, that really touches on all your senses. So sound, visuals, uh, the, the entire experience is also actually based on a book, actually, on the Futurist cookbook. It's a book that the, the, the uh, Italian Futurists, uh, which were this very experimental art group, wrote in the 1930s, actually 1932, and then they, and they were really the first in, in Italy, but also in Europe, to think about food in terms of in a very surreal way, in terms of colors and shapes and how things will sound, way you know as. Uh, versus how things will actually taste. For example, they they made a huge theory in Italy uh, because they were completely against and, uh, pasta, for example, right? <laughs> you know, like, uh, <laughs> you know, like a person in Italy. That sounds very drastic. Very, very, very. Of course, <laughs> that didn't work well with press. You know, there was a huge, huge scandal. They actually also were, were able to open um, uh, a natural restaurant in Turin, where they were uh, doing this this um, sort of fine dining, very surreal uh, um, ex experimental exhibitions, where they were basically combining, you know, music, performance, uh, painting, and and of course food. So um, they were usually usually in influential, I think, for a generation of, of chefs and artists working with food. They came way way after, and so I got so much interested in this little book, um, and I started to think, okay, well, how can this be, you know, an actual experience, right? There is so much interesting stuff from this book, and how that that can be, you know, almost like the starting point to create a story. And this is what I started to do. I started to to write a script, very much like you will do in movies or. Um, or in theater, and I sort of started to think, okay, uh, what's the legacy of the future is now, right? Because they were really thinking about food in terms of uh, chemical, you know, like uh, uh, powder food, and you know, like how how we can um, 
optimizing the um, eating uh, stuff so that we can produce more in the future. You know, all stuff that is that, that after 50 years, actually, I think we are actually um, feeling the negative effects of sometimes too, you know, and um, they were really utopic when it comes to the to to the future of food and i think a lot of the things that they were trying you know to uh, envision for the future now uh, we are actually we're actually actually experiencing the uh, the, the basically the the uh, side effects of so my work um, you know this particular work is is kind of critical a little bit towards the futurist ideal, uh, but also is drawn, you know, is also inspired by a lot of things that were in the data book. So, so you will have um, a sort of narrator uh, whose voice is actually from Gail uh, uh, Simmons, uh, who is a um, uh, few people may, may know, of course, she's, she's a superstar. Uh, Top chef, and um, and so she guides you through this menu, uh, which is a completely fantastical menu, and is described in very, very, you know, very fantastical, very surreal ways. And also, what is important, of course, is to realize that the guests, when they start this experience, they have no idea what they they're gonna eat. <laughs> so they have no idea what the menu is gonna look like. Of course, they have a choice between, you know, vegan versus other kind of menus. But um, what's interesting is that you go into the experience being completely, you know, open and blind and not knowing exactly what you will get. So it's a leap of faith a little bit. Absolutely. It's, it's a leap of faith. And also it's a new way of, of experiencing food because, of course, in VR, in the experience, your food comes uh, you know in many different shapes might have forms that you will never you know they you will they that you never ate before and so it's very much about you know how flavors how this sense you know how the perception of flavor intersect with our vision you know with shapes colors and forms so yeah it, it, you know you, you need a lot of trust but also it's a very you know it's it's a very comfortable experience i would say actually it's really funny actually we just had a guest just literally now that i, I was just helping and he's and he was our youngest uh, guest ever and he was four four years old <laughs> oh fantastic <laughs> yes just and it was now. probably yeah. very natural even though he was four years old so it's probably very natural for him from one point of view just like oh great we're putting on this stuff i'm doing this thing no problem yeah yeah totally easy you know and uh, because it's um you know, like it's not the kind of VR that we usually uh, associate with the medium. It's not about gaming. It's not about fast things. It's, it's not. It's not that kind of thing. It's more about uh, you know a VR where you're sitting. You, you actually have hands, so you can really you know um, interact and really you know move and really you know stay in your space very much like you will do in in a normal space in reality. So it's it's yeah, it's super super. It's really comfortable and it's um and it's uh yeah it's a very very accessible experience for for everybody and it's been something to see how how everybody is reacting to it of course so Kathleen, how is it as a curator in a gallery space working with installing an experience that is multisensory and experiential that how, 
you know, are, is it more collaborative? Are you collaborating more with the artists versus if you're, you know, hanging paintings or putting sculptures on display because it is people walking in, walking out, food, sounds, things? Well, thankfully, um, because I love it, I've only ever worked in art and technology and performance for the last 20 years. <laughs> so I've kind of, I, I have had that experience through both exhibition and performance and performative installations that um, I'm kind of uh, used to and grateful for because it's such a great experience to be working really side by side with the artists we work with to, uh, and so installing is, isn't just, uh, in the, isn't the way that you would install an exhibition and that you kind of have everything set in advance. You have things set in advance, but obviously, obviously things need to shift. And that, that shift even means, you know, shifting in terms of, uh, perception, taste, the size of a bite, um, those kinds of things. And it was, it was really fun when I was doing a tasting with Tintin and Mattia in New York, because we had some lead up to this, you know, and, you know, I just said like, wow, how lucky am I? What a great job. And I've said this again and again over the years of all sorts of weird things that end up kind of um, coming under the purview of being a curator of experimental work in art and tech. Um, but, you know, coming home from a day of tastings at Chinton's restaurant um, was just part of the job. So, yes, it's very collaborative um, and also multisensory. So this might be an, uh, you know, a, a question to ask. What is the I know you're right in the throes of presenting an experience now um, in the space in Super Blue. Mattia, are you already thinking about the next iteration? Or are you really focused on just like working through performance after performance after performance? Or are you already evolving the experience for the next one? Yeah, I mean, I think that um, what's really interesting about this kind of work where 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 say that is very you know it's a collaboration between me you know as as the artist as the creator of these worlds and and the creators of the menu i really want to uh, engage some uh local chefs here for example in, in miami i think uh you know the, the miami uh food scene is is of course is it is amazing, and uh, and I think this, and I think it would be amazing to, you know, to be back here in Miami and really work uh, with a specific menu from some other chef. Uh, but you know, of course, you know, the the technology is moving really, really fast. So um, you know, we are already experimenting with ways where the audience can come into the space already wearing some headset, or maybe ways where they can find each other in the worlds. Maybe right, or maybe it can be an online shared experience where you might have a, a dinner with your friends or your family on the other side of the of the world. So I think for us, it's very much like a new language almost, and it's you know it's a platform also to invite you know different artists, different chefs, different creators to really create a multisensory experience that are shared meaningful and you know and and really offer and really offer amazing experiences can you tell us about the technology you're using i mean is this are, are these things that you're just pulling off a shelf i recall from the james beard um house experience you were sort of hacking and creating some of your own technology yeah. because you could not find what you needed to complete the experience so where's your tech coming from today? 
Well, I mean, we are um, we actually have um, so okay. So uh, in Miami, this actually is the first time that we are doing this experience for uh, sixteen people. So we are super super happy to actually have uh, uh, partnered with uh, Meta. Uh, they were super super kind to support these projects, and they gave us a few headsets, <laughs> which is, was very helpful because it's um, it's a production that involves a lot of headsets. So, um, uh, so we're working with Meta. They have been very, very supportive on on this project. But you know, we're also hacking things. <laughs> we are also figuring out, you know, like uh, things here and there that are not necessarily off the shelves. Um, but yeah, we have we have the opportunity to work with them, and it's been an amazing collaboration so far. And Kathleen, you were saying something about the tech side. Oh, when you were when you were talking about the potential evolution for it uh, in the future, I would say from the super blue side, we've always kind of thought about this one week collaboration on Aero Banquettes as being a beta in some way, even though it's a fully fledged experience, but a beta in the sense to see is this the kind of thing that our audiences would gravitate towards and with that in mind there's you know there's a, has always been the goal or the wish or the fingers crossed that we might be able to evolve this into something that we could bring back to super blue in some way so that conversation has always kind of continued on the side with of the how might we be able to evolve it in the future? And, you know, thankfully, as I said at the start of this conversation, uh, our audiences are reacting super positively and enthusiastically to it. So, again, fingers crossed, this is something that uh, hopefully we'll be able to have happen again beyond just one week in Miami. Well, it's almost a shame to have it for just one week because the number of people who get to experience it is is not that is not that great. Although I suppose it makes it extra special because it is so limited um just in terms of how many people can go because mm -hmm. of the size of it um at super blue you you've had um some food components and um things in the past also as a part of you have a dining you have had dining elements at the gallery also we have a cafe outside uh, designed by Yinka Lori and collaborations with any of our events with local restaurants and chefs that's fantastic. And, you know, it's interesting that museum dining and gallery dining and things like that sort of haven't quite evolved that much over time um, when there is so much potential for it in so many ways, as, as we can see. Um, there's so many fun things happening in food uh, that you would think that it would be, you know, fantastical. They wind up being a little bit, especially in the larger museums, they wind up being a little bit like cafeterias sometimes. A side project. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or a side project, yeah. which is, you know, again, not our intention. We do like to kind of think about things long term, which was why from the beginning of this project, it was, okay, we'll do a week. Let's see how it goes. But fingers crossed, this is something that, you know, we can continue to, to do in the space in some way, shape or form, um, you know, with Mattia and maybe with other projects that are working between art and tech and food. So exciting. Um, it is. Really exciting. I want to thank both of you for taking time out of your day because it's actually happening right now. And thank you, uh, yeah, we love yeah. that. Um, so I'm going to I'm going to throw out a lot of information so people listening at home can find all of this and follow along. Um, Mattia Castellano is if you want to follow him on Instagram, he is at a underscore radical underscore hypothesis um, at Aero Banquets. 
at Flavor 5 Studio is the collective that produces Arrow Banquettes. If you want to check them out online, it is aerobanquettes.com. Uh, Kathleen Ford at superblue.art is where you can find them on Instagram. The website is superblue.com and backslash A-E-R-O, arrow. If you want to specifically look at this event and to purchase tickets, um, Miami Art Week, Miami Art Basel. This is happening until December 4th. Um, but get on social media and follow them so you can see where it's going to happen next in the world. Um, so exciting. Of course, Super Blue will be there beyond December 4th with lots of interesting things happening. Mattia, do you know um, when your next production of Aerobankets will be? Uh, we are working on many different cities, actually. And what we, what, what we really want to try to do now is um, <clears throat> it's to set up a table as long as the entire world and maybe try to link mm. cities like, <laughs> you know, city here and there and really have some experience, you know, some social remote experience. Um, you're also looking at a tour. That's another thing that we are looking at. Uh, we haven't been in, you know, in Europe yet. We haven't been in South America yet. So, so yeah, a lot of you, I'm sure you will hear more about Robin Cat soon. I'm, it almost sounds like given the initial inspiration of the, you know, Italian futurist in the cookbook that you are almost obligated to go and do an event in Italy. <laughs> you know what? It's going to be the hardest. I think Italy yeah. is going to be Italy's gonna <laughs> the hardest one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, uh, we're, you know, we're, we're working on it. I think, you know, because of the, of the, the food culture uh, in Italy is so, you know, it's so deep, of course, it's so thick, but also it's very, um, it's, um, you know, it's very projected in the past, very much like, you know, very much like the... Uh, Fantastic. And uh, Kathleen, can you tell us what's coming up at Super Blue in the future? Well, right now we just opened up a new installation. I would encourage everyone to come see. It's going to be up for... Um, uh, at least the next year. And it's an installation by Raphael Lozano Hemmer called Pulse Topology. And in this room uh, of 3,000 light bulbs, you realize that the light bulbs are actually 3,000 heartbeats or pulses of participants that have been through the space. Wow. And, uh, and you are asked to activate or have your own pulse recorded by putting your hand under a sensor. And at that moment, all the lights dim, the sound in the room becomes just your pulse. And you see one wow. light blinking and realize... And that's the moment that you realize, oh, this isn't just a beautiful light sculpture. These are hearts and pulses. And I'm adding my individual activation into this collective act uh, that's very much about legacy and thinking about uh, future thinking. So I encourage you to come see that. Um, and that's our, our that's our newest endeavor at Super Blue in addition to Aero Banquets. Fantastic. Well, I, you know, that along with the 37 degree morning we had in New York City is mm -hmm. Two great reasons to be uh, coming down to Miami. Yeah. You got it. <laughs> well, uh, Mattia and Kathleen, thank you for joining us today on such a very, very busy day to talk about this project. And um, if people want to go back to the archives and listen to the first episode where we talked with Mattia and his cohort about Aerobanquettes, that is episode 198 from December 2019. And this episode today is episode 279 in November of 2022. So 
That's fantastic. We are able to stay on the air and have so many episodes and continue our conversation with Tech Bytes because of support from our members and listeners like yourselves. And if you think these are important conversations that we need to have and share and record, help support Tech Bytes by becoming a member of Heritage Radio Network. Or if you are looking, for holiday gifts, something special for that someone special, or maybe just something nice for yourself, because you're wonderful, go to heritageradionetwork.org backslash holiday auction. We have lots of amazing lots on sale right now. And I'm going to do a little bit of a promo. I hand stitched a beautiful 100% cotton bread bag with a Japanese shashiko design on it. And in that bread bag will be a loaf of handmade bread by Heritage Radio Network host Mitchell Davis, who hosted a show called Taste Matters, along with a subscription to his Substack newsletter, Kitchen Sense. And that is currently on auction right now. So something handmade by the HRN hosts, it will be the perfect fit, I promise. Um, again, it's an exciting time in the food tech space. Thank you for listening. Come back again. I'm Jennifer Liutzi, and this is Tech Bites. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Roberta's was founded in Bushwick in 2008 and has become one of the most iconic restaurants in the country. HRN made its home inside of Roberta's in 2009, and together they have become part of the DIY fabric of the neighborhood. Roberta's, the pizza restaurant, is open for lunch and dinner seven days a week and serves much more than just the famous wood-fired pizzas. Their team dreams up new salads, pastas, and sandwiches on the regular. Roberta's Tiki Bar is alive and well in the back garden, serving up frozen drinks in the summer and hot toddies in the winter. Stop by the bakery and takeout spot next door for fresh breads, sticky buns, and pizzas to go. But Roberta's also extends beyond Bushwick, with multiple locations in New York City and now in Los Angeles. You can also find their frozen pies in grocery stores around the country. The spirit of Roberta's, like Heritage Radio Network, is everywhere. Here's to many more years of pizza-powered radio. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. This show is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.